a little bit slow because they they um they acquire hardware as it goes, but um but that's okay because sometimes it just takes a little bit longer. Welcome to Game of Notes, a weekly podcast from independent validator teams. I had no idea that was coming, so I was like, who, what, why, who? Oh my god. GM to our one active viewer this morning, welcome to Game of Nodes, the uh, podcast by validators and node operators <laughs> and degens and fuckwits. <laughs> so, so did you guys even realize that the music was different? I did. That's I what did I was saying. Yeah, totally blew me off. I was like, "What?" That is definitely uh, going to get us like, uh, you know, I was, banned. I was doing the Australian national anthem. It was actually. That's I was right. hoping it would. It would have been funny if, if uh, Alex, if uh, somebody else was here. But, but uh, you know, did you change the music, sir? Yeah. I, well, I even I even put it under the same name, like with intro, so nobody would recognize yeah. it. I did like the whole thing, and then I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. <laughs> However, will that just not get us a copyright? Oh, I'm sure it will. Every I'm single sure. episode. Yeah, nobody watches. This. No, it's just only for today. It's only for today. It's only for number. Oh, 99. okay. Only for today. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. number ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're having chain problems, I feel bad for you, son. It's, uh, it's, it's I like that. Who came up with that? Was that you or Alex? Frey. Oh. <laughs> Frey. <laughs> we both did it. Frey. You know hey, that other guy? We both did it. The other guy. Yeah. Uh right. Well, fucking what has happened this week? I think uh oh man, it's busy at the moment. Every all the DGENs are out. Everything's like happening. All the test nets are going. Everyone test wants to do going. stuff all the time. Man, there's mm-hmm. Some of those test nets are busy. Some some that can't be mentioned, but are busy. Lots of changes. Lots of like tweaking. Lots of try this, try that type action. What do you? I think we. I think we mentioned that one now. I think that's in the public. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure that we can mention anything. About we have that. mentioned it. Sorry. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, I think we have. <laughs> well, maybe we shouldn't say any more about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's quite intense. There's a lot of. So, you know, I kind of lose track of some of the changes just because there's like so many of them. And yeah. occasionally I just go back to the default settings because they work. <laughs> well, lately, lately I've been taking like out of the announcements and like copying them, and then putting them back into the my individual channel with them and just like saying it's done. Like, because I, because I need that, I need like a running tally of what's going on. I still put like a little moniker on each of those. So I have an understanding of it. So I know that it's done, but, but a, they, a lot of them look exactly the same. And some of those are like 20 minutes apart. <laughs> right. Well, so a lot of them are like, it's easy to get mixed up back and forth. Like they'll say, oh, yeah, go, to, right. go to this number, then go to that number, then go to this number. You're like, fucking hell, man. Yeah. Oh, that, that's like, what yeah. I use my little icon for. If I, if that's, if it's yeah. tagged, then I've done it. Right. Yeah. Right. Honestly, that that's been like I know it looks cocky, maybe in those types of things or whatever, but it's it's really for me. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is exactly else. why I do it as well. My little yeah. crown goes on anything that I've actioned. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's really helpful because then I can go back and look and see what I fucked up. So I always um f- like to keep track of all of these things, even upgrades. Um, whenever there's the announcement, yeah. I'll like read it in the morning when I wake up. 
I'll go through all of the Discord shit, right? And then as I go through it, anything that's like pertinent, I just mark as unread again so I can action it when I get back to my computer. Sure. Or like yeah. when I get to my computer because I read them all on my phone just to like get rid of all the chaff. Kind of like uh, unreading email and stuff like that. I do the same thing. Like I read it through. Yeah. It's unread yeah, I, need I need to go back and do something with it. Exactly. Yeah. It sort of works. Good. Discord's tough with that though. And you can't really do that it, it in Telegram, is. I don't think, right? You just, I don't think you can do that. You can, yeah. Uh, okay. I do have Telegram for sure. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, lots of, lots of BD happens on TG. So the BD and the TG. Yeah, I've been using the folders. It. The folders a lot, like the little. I've been starting to too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I've got like a a folder called leads. So anyone who who's like messaged me about some service or something, I just chuck them in there, and then it makes it easier to follow up on. Yeah. Um, I have a fo- folder called good, G-U-D, blokes. Do you? It's yeah, cool. you, you're not in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay with that. I, I, I always think about that, actually, because I do keep notes on, like, what's going on. But some of those, like, threads, it's, like, no different than any other BD thing where, like, you're waiting on me or I'm waiting on somebody else, right? And so it's not time for a CRM system, but I thought it might be something a little bit more formal than leads folders you know what i mean because i may need a little bit more task management associated with some of those things but we'll, well see. i know for a fact that lavender l5 has some sort of uh tracking system for yeah bd yeah. well it's also different when you have multiple people too because then you gotta like then it's a collaboration tool as well right if it's just you yeah. then it's it's whatever but we, we mostly yeah. just use Notion for it and then like yeah. basically a Jira board that tracks the status of things. Yeah. Yeah. A, a Kanban is a good idea actually versus like a like CRM. I don't want, like, I don't want fucking pipelines and shit. I don't give a shit about that. But a simple, a simple Kanban actually just showing am I waiting on something or somebody waiting on me or proposals or this or that would be, that's probably a good start. Maybe the only yeah. problem it's is with those types of things. Well, you have to manually update them though. You do it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yes. Well, if you're if you're you know if if you don't have a team doing BD, it's a pain in the ass. Obviously, if you have a team, it's yeah. useful. If you don't, then it's just notes for yourself. Yeah. The the but least still, folder like, works just as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I used to use. I forget what what fucking tool we used to use. That was like I, like we got to put it in Jira. I could put it in GitHub or something too. But I'm guessing. But uh, we used to do um, fucking hell. What was there's like a free type of just simple Kanban tool that was we used to use Trello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I used to use Trello. Yep, yep I used to use Trello as well, but with yeah. multiple people, for some reason, we had some issue with it and decided to... Oh, no. It was so that we could see the history of changes. Trello doesn't have the history of changes. Oh, yeah. An audit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we ended up leaving that. Trello. Trello. Never, never heard of it. Uh, well, what's the big news this week? Stride has launched on uh, DYDX. Which well, that's not actually first in the news, but it's on my mind. So, Stride finally launches STDYDX, the auto compounding USD swapping liquid asset with insane Stride incentives to attract liquidity. An airdrop of 150k to STDYDX holders. Whoa, much wow! So, I I didn't know that they were going to be doing the the airdrop. I know that um, Schultze has. Uh, comments on um, the stride deployment for DYDX, I think we've talked about previously, Schultz. Comments in what sense? What do you mean? Uh, well, we knew it was coming. 
Yeah. 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 Well, mm-hmm. yeah. So, they, I mean, how many, we've, talked, there we've, talked previously, we've talked previously about the whole, um, you know, like swapping uh, mechanism um, that they're using instead of just paying out DYDX. I made some yeah. on their forum post for on DYDX when they were um, talking about it originally, I, I made a suggestion that maybe they have two, two products, one that um, compounds your, your um, DYDX by buying it with the USDC rewards and another one that just distributes DYDX, but I guess that didn't uh, distributes um, USDC, but I guess that didn't um, gain any traction, but nonetheless, it is launched as of, I believe yesterday or the day before, just after the, v3 upgrade proposed by king nodes um got my dydx back thank god did you <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's in the wind or something yeah it's a bit hairy on dydx because you've got i mean it's unlikely you're ever going to get vetoed on a on a um on a upgrade proposal unless it's bad and you didn't realize but um yeah i mean just to like put 6k in the wind for for a week is like um Okay, that's fun. <laughs> All right, um, but yeah, man, I'm a you know I'm a company man. I do what I'm told. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, successful proposal, smooth upgrade. Um, mm-hmm. I did wake up for it, and I didn't have to do anything, which was nice. I think they did have a couple of operators who reported that they had some upgrade issues. Um, did either of you guys uh, have any like stalled nodes or anything like that after the upgrade? I think I might have actually had to go back and restart one of my nodes sometime later. I mean, it was, it was smooth running for me. Um, yeah, I thought it was more. In- I thought the um, the following jailings were way more entertaining. Like basically, everything for V three has lost my mind because the the jailings drama has has been like so succulent that it's it's held brain space for free. So what was the uh what was the juice in the in the post upgrade drama with the jailings? There were I think eight validators that were jailed from the upgrade. Just because they just didn't do the upgrade, they didn't stage it maybe, which also means of course that they don't have monitoring, so they didn't get wicked up for it. Why would you? What yeah, why would you have monitoring? <laughs> um they look for the words like the drop- they're all like like are they, were they any of those Cosmos validators or are they all like EVM ERC twenty type chain validators? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, I think there was. Was there? I'd be surprised if there's Cosmos validator missed it. Usually, usually those are like other ones that like don't actually recognize that each upgrade like that is actually a hard fork. Because <laughs> if mm. they see the term hard fork, then they prep for it and usually get like three months of notice on those types of chains. But here you got seven days, get it prepped, or you're gonna. You're gonna miss box, and then they don't even realize it. Although no monitoring is like, what the fuck is that? Like that's ridiculous. Okay, so there was definitely one that that is a Cosmos native um, validator that got jailed. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Is well it, done, team. But, is that a surprise to you about that jailing, or is it like, wow, fifty fifty? About that one specifically, 50/50. I don't, I don't know that guy well enough to say that. Fifty fifty. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's some 50-50 validators out there. You know what I mean? They're like, ah, oh, they might <laughs> like do it. Maybe they'll make not. it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. No, we, we didn't have any stalled nodes. I don't think anything. I don't really touch that. Actually, I think I staged it. I don't even, I don't even remember. I mean, I know we got the notification for this, the possible stall, but no issues after that, I don't think. 
Um, I can't remember if that Say V2 upgrade was post-last podcast or pre-last podcast, but um, I know you, sir, and after seeing your tweet, I made a tweet about the actual reduction in thrash is amazing on that. Um, yeah. That save, it's, sorry, it's not the it's not the Say V2 upgrade. It's just the Say DB implementation sort right. of on the, on the way to Say V2. That's I right. think it's like yeah. you know part of the roadmap, and man, it has mm-hmm. like it's it's been fantastic. Yeah, um, Pebble something, man, the shit works. Yeah, it's which uh, I think we knew oh, from other chains too. But they use Pebble. Yeah, it's Pebble backend for for Got it. not all the databases though. I I don't know. You you can get, when you get look at the data folder after you make some transitions there, Schultz, you'll you'll probably figure it out. But um, yeah, like it's yeah, been, it's a- been nice. It's been nice. There's a bunch of different things going on there. Um, and they've like broken up. Um, so y- you can change, like they've, they've added configurations so you don't have to um, store certain things anymore. So they, what is right. it? Uh, they got the state store and the, um, <clears throat> what was the other? The state store and hold on, I'll get, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. I'll tell you. Uh, right but now. you know, as a validator, you sort of only need one of them. Um, and then right. as a, as a RPC provider, you need like both of them, but uh, that's right. Or, or the is, other ones or something. Yeah, you're you're correct. It's state commit, which you need, um, which is defines the CDB should should be enabled to override the existing um, IAVL database backend. And then there's state store. State store is not needed if you're a validator, um, which defines whether the state store should it be enabled for storing historical data, supporting historical queries, or exporting state snapshots requires a setting to be true. Um, so we run true on both and then, and then you can control um, it shows like what the snapshot interval is on the, on the state commit. And then on the state store, you can also control the keep recent. Um, so we have all those set to a hundred thousand blocks, which I think I'd say is what, I don't even know how long that is. Um, which I could probably increase on both these because I mean, even even I think I have a couple of nodes that have been running for a while, and I think it doesn't even increase past like 160 gigs, maybe something like that. I have to look. Really? And see. Yeah, I, wow. I think because I mean, honestly, this is the first time I've ever run pruning on say because in the old IAVL days, um, I never pruned. Like it, it just it just didn't like too, it always too much too much overhead, right? I, I just didn't want that overhead and those spikes, and we were you know like either on the valves we would drop blocks, which I wasn't really crazy about, and then the RPC side, like I don't want any, I don't want any halts, right? I don't want anything slowing down, and so we never pruned, and so that's the reason we had. Well, we still have the same number of nodes, but but the, we would just get into these rotations around state sync, right? Um, which we've talked about, I think, on here. But but now I just have a hundred thousand on all these, and we'll just kind of see and watch it. So we haven't had any issues. We I have had some nodes that have panicked and like do a restart. Um, so I do get those notifications. So I know that the binary is panicking. We had one node that was doing it like once every 18 hours, no, not 18 hours, maybe day and a half, 36 hours. And then I, my state sync node actually just panicked, um, like an hour before this call. So, um, but I, they know about it. I sent them logs and they have a fix coming for that. Um, I think they, they are, that they're so good at just fixing stuff. Like, I just sent them logs them? and they're like, they're, cause they were thinking like it was something related to the upgrade. I was like, no, this is post. And they looked at it and then they said, we have a fix. I was like, okay, cool. So um, so that's coming as well, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, so all of our nodes are on CDB well, validators on both chains and then, um, yeah, we're on, and, well, the only thing we're not on CDB for is our archive, the archive, which yeah. I don't think you're going to be able to do, right? Well, been talking with the team about, um, basically 
having it internally resync to CDB. So obviously that's like some custom ass shit software to like make that happen. But they are seeing if they can make it happen because otherwise it's going to cool. be, uh, you know, IAVL forever. Mm. Yeah, that um, would be, I mean, you would literally probably like how much data would you save? You'd save a ton of space, right? So, well, I mean, it's, it's 14 terabytes at the moment. So uh, probably knock that down to at least four. I mean, but I mean, we're I mean, we're in this for the long haul. Like five, what five years from now, that that node won't even start, right? Like, so, it, well, it start. interestingly, it hasn't taken. Um, so over time, it's it did it took longer for a little bit. Like you know, it increased in restart time for a little bit, and then it's just sort of plateaued at about twenty minutes. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't twenty seem minutes. Any, yeah, it's twenty <laughs> twenty minutes for a restart, and that the computer it's on is balls to the wall like it's right, just like yeah. sort, sorting ones and zeros like a motherfucker <laughs> yeah man it's it's like a big epic with like just shit loads of ram so the um the the binary alone uses over 100 gig of ram now so it, really wow yeah no shit yeah it's uh, wow let me let me get my most recent um it's gotta be more than that actually right uh, so the the node itself is using um, it's using yeah. over four hundred gig of RAM, but most of that's just cached. Um, cached CFS. I, I mean, yeah. which is fine for right now, but I mean, I mean, it's it's a beast. But over time, like it's just untenable, right? Like we're only we're not even a year in, so at some point, yeah, it'll be something's going to be change. interesting after a couple of years. But I mean, you know, it's 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 a good challenge, like to plan and um, you know. You have to, we're talking about so much data and you have to keep multiple copies of it. Um, You know, it takes Mm -hmm. planning for the future. So, um, and what I mean by that is you can't just wait till your drives are full. Like, (laughs) it's right. Then what do you do? (laughs) Like, you really got to plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you got to plan. When you're at 50%, you're like planning ahead. And that might mean having room in that machine to put more and bigger drives and then sort of you know resyncing um side by side to those drives and then switching over and then you know retiring the old drives and then you know bringing in some more and then adding it to the to the zfs to get you through another year or it might mean um moving to a completely new machine and and syncing it side by side but mm-hmm. by all the time you need to keep a backup um so we right. use uh, zfs snapshot syncing um, to keep it back up. So it's, um, you know, and that's not like with the current database, like with um, the IAVL implementation, it touches a lot of files. And so mm-hmm. whenever you do a, a ZFS snapshot, it, it, you know, the diff is basically whatever it's touched between um, snapshots. So when you, when you resync that to your backup machine, so you can just, you know, sync across the difference between, your last snapshot and your most recent snapshot with ZFS onto a remote machine. But, mm-hmm. you know, that snapshot is at least a terabyte a day. Right. In in files right. that's touched. Yeah, it, it, it dumps a shitload, right? It reorganizes everything. It does a bunch of stuff. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that takes a long time. So even, even with a backup strategy that accounts for that, you know, to, to do that locally is 
fast to do that remotely is very very slow. So yeah, it's um, not compressed, right? Well, you can you can stream it compressed, but it is mm. still slow. Um, you know, to to read the drives, compress everything, send it over the slow internet link. You know, even yeah. if you've got a gig, it's slow in oh, yeah, for a, yeah. for a terabyte. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on to whatever remote machine. And obviously, like when you're using a backup machine, you're using spinners too, so they're not the fastest. Like you don't want to, you don't need for that application really the NVMe, and it's just an an extra cost that you don't really want to have. But I tell you what, man, like big big um, SAS drives that are spinners are still not that cheap. Um, SAS drives are more expensive too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not. They're not that much more expensive than a SATA drive, but uh, so we've got 12 gig SAS, 20 terabyte drives, and they're probably about 400 to 450 US, I think, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Yeah. And some of those also 10K spinners, or are they all 7200 RPM? They're all 7200. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know how much performance difference I'm really going to get because your 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 faster spin rate sort of gives you a faster seek, but if you're just spraying data on block after block. I don't think it's too. No, much it does. No, sure it does. Yeah, no, sure it does. But but I'm guessing your network your network limited anyway. Those drives, even 5400 RPM drives, are probably faster than one gig a second. So so well, but you're not getting local, that anyway. So you're getting 400 and you know etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Local networks 25 gig. Um, oh okay okay all right then it would make a difference. Yeah. So t- just to the local backups 25 gig and then we're working on a remote backup but i'm hoping that i can actually just get a private um link between uh the colo um data centers so i can have uh so the primary node at the moment is in melbourne um so we're looking at putting another one in sydney uh, and if we use the same data center we're hoping to get like a private backhaul over to sydney of like a 10 gig link or something like that which is much cheaper Crazy. than going over the internet yeah really i figured yeah. it'd be way more expensive oh it's fucking way cheaper yeah oh they have they have they must have fiber drop between those two and so they just oh yeah there's dark fiber all over the place um yeah so yeah especially like the, um uh i won't tell you the data center but it's it's one of the bigger ones in australia yeah. um and they're all tier four data centers with like backhaul between all of them they got dark fiber between the whole network of data centers so yeah, um you that, can just that plug use case doesn't really you're not too worried about uptime. You're just worried about because I mean, you, no, it's, it's disaster recovery. Like, yeah, if if you have say the backup is up there and something happens to the node down here, and I have to go, I don't know, say I, for whatever reason I lose three drives, and then it you know nukes the um, that node, and then for whatever reason at the same time something happens to the local um, backup machine, and then you need to get your data from the offsite backup. Then to do that, well, I mean, just imagine if it's fifty terabytes. Like, well, at that point, that, at that point, you're probably grabbing, you're probably grabbing drives again <laughs> yeah, on airplane. I would just get in the car. Seriously, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's, that would be the way to do it. Is you at yeah. some point, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it'd be faster just to go fly it down there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even like, you'd have to take the whole machine. Like, it's uh, you, you couldn't even <laughs> just take drives buy, out. Buy the, buy, buy the seat. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you and this two U boxing in in seventeen A. <laughs> I mean, Sydney and Melbourne are only a thousand k's apart, so I'd probably just drive it rather than getting the fucking plane. Windows down, server in the back seat. Yeah, yeah. Feet out the window. <laughs> Feet out the window. 
ACDC on the radio, just fucking haul my haul my backups to Melbourne. I don't mind driving. It's from um, Tamworth to Melbourne is um, 12, 12 and a half hours, I think. Fucking ducks. Yeah, it's like about crazy. 12 and a half hours. I do it in one hit. <laughs> I get just enough diesel in my car to get there in one hit. <laughs> don't even stop uh, for work. All right. Everybody's tired of us talking about fucking say archive notes. Yeah. Well, you know. I didn't didn't see anyone say that, but <laughs> if that's what you're the, taking home, watch the viewership. Right. I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, Frey's not here today. He's coming, he's, right? Uh, cycling next to a train. He should be here by now. He said he's gonna be here, but he's probably making. Is he making tea or some shit? And just he's probably listening on his phone, making tea. It's like I got time. I got I got plenty of time. I got time. Man. Although playing, 38 playing minutes ago, he said he was five kilometers from oh, home. So he hopefully, he didn't get he didn't get pegged by a. <laughs> Homeless person? By a Citroen driving the wrong way or something. Oh, right, right. <laughs> a different kind of thing. Cyclists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fixing his hair before he hops in, I can tell. Yeah, it's for the, for the viewers. For the viewers. See this speaking, of, speaking of hair, back Schultze, do you want to talk about why you're bald? <laughs> do you want to? No. <laughs> I don't, but thank you for asking. I I, I appreciate that. You seem I'll, like you've lost some hair since the last time that we were at a phone call together. Yeah, it's uh, it's about a centimeter long now, and That's I so won't what, talk about it. Thank you, <laughs> man. I don't know if, uh, uh, man, I don't know if the Americans are going to understand your metric units. <laughs> That's true. How actually is centimeter is not even a scientific unit anyway. I don't know if I like you using that. A it's centimeter not? isn't that one right. isn't that like two point something fluid ounces, but only in a container that's like got a diameter of two inches or something. That's probably how it works in America, right? No, it's always <laughs> about some English king's length of a finger between the knuckle and the right. <laughs> that's that's what we base everything on. Is some dead king's fucking finger, hand length that happened three hundred fifty years ago. But well, we're gonna hold on to it like we love it. It's the bridge of your nose, it, standard unit, one inch and a half. I thought it. I thought it was. Wasn't it this originally? Wasn't it this? Like between these two originally? Like between no, the. I am definitely talking shit, but none of those joints on my hands look to be an inch. Oh, actually, yeah, between the two knuckles could be around about an inch. <laughs> I thought that's, that's where it was. I thought that's where it started. You know, I thought it was too. I actually use this as my. Hmm? You know, thinking like a cubit. That's the. That's the forearm one, isn't it? It's your fucking system of measure. Why are you asking us? Well, no, I think no. We I just inherited this cubits, shit. Now we won't give it up. No, wasn't cubits? Wasn't cubits like Egyptian or pre? Um, the, the one before. Uh, I'm, I'm tired, man. I, uh, what's the you one? That, that, it should be like cranked, man. You just like fucking blasted down yeah, here in your motorbike next to a train. Motorbike, yeah, pretty much. No, <laughs> pedal bike, oh, push bike, pedal, push bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. motorbike. Did I say um, motorbike? You did. During head. during the reign of I King kind of Edward II in the in the early 14th century, the inch was defined as three grains of barley, dry and round, placed end to end lengthwise. Wow. Okay. Here we are. Dry and round. Yeah, baby. They measure, oh, they measure horses <laughs> and hands, don't they? Hands. They do. Yep. Yep. I well, you guys still use uh, stone, right? Isn't stone still around? Oh, jeez. It's quite boomerish. Is it so? Typically, you'll know your weight. I think it's quite typical that I think in my generation, people would know their weight in both 
So I know my I, I can kind of convert in my head between stone and kilograms. But if you ask me my weight, I would use I would use kilograms because you configure bike cleats um in kilograms and you can well like the, the two times i need to know my weight accurately are for the release tension on a ski binding which granted i haven't needed for a few years and release tension for a bike cleat other than that I need to know my weight is that How true many- bike cleats are supposed to be adjusted by your weight um it helps do you know well especially on a on if you're using like zero degree um so i i, I cycle with um road cleats not mountain bike cleats and i'd use zero oh, degree, yeah. i use zero degree okay. cleats as well so they really lock you in and you kind of they're a bit finickety if you have them too light they, they release too easy if you have them too so you kind of need to sort of tune it to what your weight is a little bit okay do they measure the huh. height of horses in bike cleats yes they do. Uh, but only in france <laughs> the horse is 12 cleats <laughs> uh, une cleat <laughs> Uh, yeah, cheval yeah, yeah. est quatorze uh, cleat, n'est-ce pas? N'est-ce pas? So, hey, do you, you know why the U.S. doesn't use metric? This is actually a true story. Do you know why? Stubborn as shit. Okay. We don't give a fuck. No, no. This is this is really good. Okay, so metric was invented sometime way back yonder, right? So, guy creates the metric system. And he sends it to all the different like presidents and kings and stuff in the world. Okay. He just sends the mail. They're like, hey, this is this really cool system I came up with. You should use it. Most people were like, this is awesome. Yes, we're doing it. Here's what happened to the United States. Pirates intercepted it. They intercepted the ship. Okay. This is true. Pirates intercepted the ship. They're going through the documents and they see this letter. They see this letter. They read it. And they're like, holy shit, this is really important. We're going to deliver it to the United States. And so they did. But because they're pirates... I believe they were executed and the letter was just burnt. <laughs> so it's just some really odd fluke of why we <laughs> don't do metric. Are you sure it's not institutional inertia? Because bear in mind, like in the UK, we still use miles <laughs> for distance, weirdly. Like there's a bunch of things where we're just like. You guess mix and match, right? Yeah, we're very mixed yeah. match, like pints. Yeah. Um, and people like. There is a whole generation of people that lose their mind if you use anything other than imperial still, and that they will like they will vote for any political party that uses imperial. Um, they'll be like, okay, so we're the party of docking your salary every month, but we will allow you to measure your beer in pints forever. Not that anybody's even threatening it, but yeah. And also, we'll make sure that you can measure distance in miles. But we are going to dock your pay every month and give it to, I don't know, ourselves uh, to be richer. That's what <laughs> we're going to do. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Look, you know what? When it's when the called us in this country, right? When the upper classes, be it, you know, in the form of the Tory Party, win an election, that's basically what they're doing. They go and give themselves a tax break, usually via wealth taxes, trusts, and money laundering through the city of London. Nice. And then every working age person um, faces various regressive taxes that mean that the the share of tax burden is overwhelmingly borne by people between sort of 18 and about 50 that work and that don't vote for the Tory party um, by and large. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious, but it's also how British politics works. Um, which is they do dock your pay and they do put it in their own pocket and they do just basically promise you that they will let you measure stuff in miles. Unlike those goddamn French that measure things in kilometers. But there's no, 
but do do uh, road signs in the UK? They don't show miles at all, do they? It's all yeah, it's of course. All everything's miles. They? Everything's miles. Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, is it? Oh yeah, everything's uh, so everything is miles an hour, miles distance, pints. Okay. No, but then, it's not. But then weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then but weight weight's is kilograms. It, weight's kilograms, not pounds. So pounds is gone. Weight's kilograms, unless you're talking about a person, in which case you might get either. Height is or always, height is always feet and inches, actually. I don't think okay. I would ever Do say. I know what my height is in centimeters because I'm not a psychopath, but I, I would, if you asked me my height, I would tell you six foot three. Yeah. Obviously. So, okay. Do you use liters per kilogram or liters per kilometer, or do you use miles per gallon? What's liters per kilometer? Miles. <laughs> yeah. So that was that sounds like miles a bad drink. Gall- miles per gallon. Yeah. Miles per gallon. <laughs> really? Gallon. Yep. Wow. Okay. But but if you were Pay like, if you were then? like, but if you were like, yeah, I want a pint of beer. I want a pint of milk. So milk and beer come in pints. But if I was buying a soda. It would be five. It would be a half liter, or one liter, or two liters. And if you gave me a pint of Coca Cola in any yeah, situation other than a pub, there would be. I, I would. I, I think I can legally get a bow and arrow and shoot you as long as it's midday on a Sunday. And you're, but you're buying fuel in gallons. Yeah. Okay. So you're really? buying fuel in gallons. Fuck. So uh, it's a sort of like good, or they, maybe, or it's like, is it, I, maybe it's liters. I can't remember. You've dipped the toe in. The, <laughs> I thought it might be. I thought it was actually, in liters. Actually, actually hang on. Yeah, uh, so do I. Uh, do you know what? <laughs> do you own a car? I don't own yeah. a car. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I should. Find I something. think it's a gallon. I think it's a. I think you. I think the price is per gallon. <laughs> You've seen a gas station, right? You've seen the signs at the gas station. Well, so like the last time I bought, um, the last time I bought petrol. Like obviously, I know how to drive a car. I have a driving license and stuff, but I've always just like rented a car or or borrowed a car, so I haven't really had to worry about petrol. So I haven't really thought about it. Um, Frey's got ninety nine problems, but gas ain't one. <laughs> yeah, the last time the last time I bought gas was literally. You, do you have Do you have a petrol mower? You know, like a lawnmower. Yeah, sure. Um, I remember about fifteen years ago now. Uh, my dad going to mow something, being like, "I'm out of petrol. Go get me some petrol." And then they'd be, be like, no, you go, you go get it. It's like, no, I've got this stuff to do. I'll give you five or if you go get the whatever, a jerry can of petrol. I just went to a gas station and bought some petrol. It was literally the last time I bought petrol. A like, jacket oh. potato says it's liters at the pump, but everyone talks about the mpgs Jack okay, Taylor, so right. i just so did an image search that, for uk gas stations and they're all liters they're all dollars per liter that that does make sense i was like i had a little wibbly there when i was like i'm sure it's not gallons that seems weird you would talk well, about the well, it's, car in gallons but then you would you would buy it at liters <laughs> well it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a quart right and and usually a gallon is a large unit of measure for fuel in europe right because usually it's like per liter which everybody here can't figure out because we buy in a gallon because all our cars get should get mass you know miles per gallon, um, and they're too large and everything else, right? So it does make sense that it would be a smaller unit of measure than gallon, but I, and I wouldn't think it would be quart because that would be weird. I've never heard of that. So liters. So what you're saying is sense. that what the American the American vehicle uses so much fuel that it's just unfeasible to have a measurement in liters because the yes. numbers are just too darn big. Nobody would understand it. Well, nobody here would understand it. So that's yeah, Gal- like gallon. And well, we well, I mean, to our credit, unlike what we just talked about, we do measure cars in miles per gallon, and we buy gallons of gas. So at least there's some <laughs> there's some how, consistency how many, in the measurement. How many how many gallons of gas does your uh wrap uh, your car take? 
that tank holds 35 gallons. So right. that's like so, a that's like a billion liters, I think, something like that. A so my tank holds ninety five liters. So this would how many gallons a liter? Ninety five liters. That's I mean, how many liters? Gallon? Liters four four liters per gallon. Not quite right. Three point seven eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. But so all right. My bad. So so this truck holds one hundred and thirty two liters. That is a sweet big Jesus. <laughs> if, if we're on a highway, you know this totally makes sense though, because you know when you watch like a disaster movie, and then like the survivors are like fucking siphoning, they siphon one SUV, and they're like, "Yeah, we've got enough petrol to last our survivor camp like a year." And you're like, "Yeah, you siphon one fucking truck? No bullshit. I'm calling bullshit." Or they drive to the other side liters. of America without ever filling up. <laughs> this and this this truck is not like on the highway it does like it isn't that bad even it's got big stupid tires and big stupid suspension and all this kind of big like big do you have like zero terrain? coefficient like zero coefficient in terms of like smoothness in the air right it's like a billboard with knobby tires dragging a a pile of sandpaper behind it literally it's like really what it is but even Feeding with the wind into submission <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally it's like i don't give a fuck what's coming at me and then even with that i would probably still get 500 miles out of a tank which is pretty good it's not bad so i get about from my 95 liters i get probably close to 900 kilometers so about the same mileage about, the same, about right? 600 yeah yeah what do you get what is that like 25 miles of the gallon what is that thing? It's how many it's, liters per hectare? It's about it's about ten liters per hundred. Uh ten yeah, ten liters per hundred kilometers. What's that what's that Simpsons thing when, when Homer's in the little car and he's like, What country is this from? It no longer exists. He's like, it gets 35, 35 what is it? It's like thirty-five liters of kerosene per the hectare. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the hell what the fuck they use the measure is. So what'd you say? How how what how long? About 10 liters per the 100 kilometers. You listen yes, to you Game of Modes, the validator podcast. Hell. Right. But don't you guys measure in distance per, per liter, not liters per distance? Don't you usually say like it's like 100 miles or. Okay. Because no, we say miles per gallon, but don't you, but you, don't you usually do like liters per 100? Isn't that do, what it is? Like liters we, per 100 kilometers or something like that? Is that what like, that's what here we said. do miles Perfect. per gallon? Yeah. That's what, oh, it is what you said. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 10 I liters busy. per 100. I was too busy at Homer in that little. With the car with the B on it, like miles per gallon. If you if you're doing kilometers per liter, yeah, it's one over it's whatever like you're telling me. What it is. Ten kilometers per liter, I guess that is something like that. I don't know the inverse of whatever I was talking about previously. 40, 40 kilometers per gallon, which is about 24, 25 miles per gallon. That seems about right, right? Something like that, plus or minus. I don't know. Who knows? I'm just like <laughs> in that. There's that. There's that pre- there's that creepy sketch in uh, in Monkey Dust, the the creepy and weird British comedy show that I'm forever trying to get you guys to watch, where somebody is is sat at some traffic lights and three robotic looking cyclists pull out pull up and go, "We are the cyclists. How quaint! A car powered by dead animals. We merely require sunshine and food to power our lycra clad bodies through the air." <laughs> Uh, and then they just coast they coast off with even without even moving their legs and it's yeah it's like an encounter with the uncanny <laughs> all right i'm putting a link to crazy Vaclav's used cars <laughs> Sorry, it, doesn't have, it, it doesn't have a simpsons reference it's not a real episode of game of notes is it? that's what anyways, he's getting out in the road and he's like put it in h <laughs> 
Uh, it's it's difficult now because I you know I look at I look around the world I have a son things have changed and I'm like <laughs> what will I show them to give them a moral compass and I'm like ah yes uh, seasons one to six of the Simpsons oh it's absolutely what it is yeah but, but where the fuck will I get such a thing because they're on like season a hundred now on the televisual device and it's just insanity it's like it's like ah tony blair noted war criminal we must include him in an episode because he was once british prime minister let's get him in it's like it's just everybody gets to go on the simpsons that's why i've had hard drive spinning for 20 years of this shit right like that episode of crazy vaklovs has been spinning around on a platter at 5400 rpms for 20 years (laughs) waiting for that moment because <laughs> it's like i think i need to get this I clip to... that's right <laughs> i tell you what the the you know what we know what people say about the utility of blockchain proof that we never needed a blockchain to have everything we needed on the internet is that frinkiac has existed for like 10 years and frinkiac <laughs> is the best website on the internet bar none like oh i remember I reckon, like... <laughs> do, you, do you know that you know, must know the site i mean right yeah, I do. And the, when they introduced the automatic GIF feature in like 2015 or whatever it was, I was just like, how, like, the internet is completed. We're done. Like, technology doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> We're done. I think, people. Of, I think of a Simpsons quote, I put it in a Frinkiac. It's It's got an elastic search, search cluster or whatever with fuzzy match. So I don't even need to get it perfect. I could be really tired. I could get that quote a little bit wrong. It will find me the episode <laughs> and it will spit a GIF out. That's it. You know what? What? I do miss the archives of like response memes. There used to be a folder on my desktop, which, which would be like sorted by like emotion and then intention and all sorts of nonsense. Just have the perfect GIF or the perfect response meme. Those I don't got, exist anymore. Dude, just I got it. I'll send you my folder. Yeah, I was going to say. You oh, you still have yours? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, totally. I have some checked into GitHub. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. Uh, totally. I inappropriate. 1994 gifts and shit yeah I got, there's tons of them i have tons like a folder full of like it's called like essential work stuff and it's just yeah. like all the yeah. random shit that i need on a laptop when i buy a new laptop so it's like uh yes. the template for taxes um like a couple of basic things <laughs> for like taxes uh you, you know just like like admin things that i find super useful some spreadsheets that i always end up using you know over and over again um, a folder full of memes, a folder full of Photoshop templates, uh, you know, like a bunch of fonts, you know, like the random fonts that you use for like shit posting, you know, like a little eight bit font, you know, when you're l- looking to do, you know, the thing where it's like the, the Pokemon GIF where it's like you can Photoshop in so and so wants to fight and all of that kind of thing. Like that's a specific font. So when I've used fonts for like shit posting, those sorts of things, I always save the font in a folder so that if i have a new laptop and a new copy of photoshop i can load in that font all the fonts for the ship posting are just there in photoshop should i ever open it i'm just like maybe today's the time to shit post um i've gone yeah. through this folder this is the oldest file in here she'll see, like these are this is exactly what you're talking about my oldest my oldest <laughs> my oldest file in here is 1997 so <laughs> <laughs> there's some shit in here man there's no, some shit in here Evan. It's so like, like all these. Pixels. I'm surprised it's even got metadata. That I know. Well, that's I moved files to that. All these, all these gifts are like 64 by 64 and shit. Like it's like one of those types of things. They're perfect. Is it like the comic book guy downloading the the picture of Jadeway? <laughs> Simpsons and all. Yeah, it's just it's a bunch of stupid shit. 
You know, Say is up to 55 million blocks. We'll have to have a 100 million block party. Speaking of 100, <laughs> next week. There's, there's another important 100 coming up. Which yeah, is, the hundy. Uh, Fuck, let's man, not celebrate it. Well, you know, the perverse thing, right, is that as soon as we get past 100 to 104, then it is the two-year Annie. So, mm-hmm. it, like, it's it's just milestone after milestone at this point. I thought we were going 100 and going to go back down. <laughs> 99. Count back down to zero. That's all, folks. <laughs> yeah. Everything's got to will, end. Yeah. Will, it, or will, the, will the token price come back before we hit zero? <laughs> <laughs> Where we get to the bull market. Well, the, we had a bull market a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, I think like it might be. Another two years. Another two years till the next one? Yep. 18, 18 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had, a yeah. Good, we had a good innings. That was a good run. It was nice. <laughs> Those forty-eight hours and <laughs> January eighth or whatever it was. Yeah, that was for a few, a few hours. We felt alive again. Um, didn't didn't make any of my price targets. Bag holder to zero again. Yeah. So uh, so I'm gonna ta- gonna wait for ten more percent. Just, just, just a little bit more. Two dollars fifty, man. <laughs> just gotta get there. Um, Juno's uh, going to a dollar. So hang on a second. <laughs> it's just it's so so it's the end of tax year. Right in the only UK. for you today. Oh, so no, it isn't the end of the tax year. No, it's the you got to pay your taxes deadline. <laughs> Make sure you filed your return and pay your taxes deadline. So if you haven't, uh, you might have a different end of tax year and whatnot, unless there's something very special going on with your accounting. That shit needs to have been filed before today. You might have got it sorted months ago, in which case, good job. Otherwise, today is your last day to do it. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast on catch up on a podcast player in the UK and you're thinking, damn, I forgot to do that. Well, it probably is already February the 1st and you might need to call up um, HMRC. To and, uh, <laughs> and, and if you're very, uh, if you're contrite about it, uh, I found they, they quite often will, will just give you an extension of a couple of weeks to get your, your shit together. You have found how many times have you not paid your tax? Only the very paid? first time. Um, and it was because I had basically made some mistakes on the form on the 31st. I was like, I'm not, I can't submit this. So, the very first time, like when you were 15? Well, we don't submit tax returns in the UK. Um, you don't have to. But you're talking business. Yeah. So um, if you just work for a company, you don't submit tax returns. They do your taxes for you because um, it's pay as you earn. What? In the UK, if you just go work for another company your entire life, you never have to fill in a tax return. Most people, most people, well managed. Over, overwhelming majority of people in the UK never see a tax return. I've never filled one in. Do they not earn any income outside their normal job? You've got no side hustle. You have uh, a threshold. You have a threshold before you have to report it. <laughs> side so, so, so like if you go like sell stuff at car boot <laughs> sales, right? Or just like you get rid of an old car for 500 quid. You don't have to declare that. Like it's a time. Or you've got an problem. NFT problem. If you have an NFT problem, you probably have to declare it because then it's cap gains and you do need to list the assets. Um, but I'm I'm not an accountant, so citation needed on that one. I think until you hit the threshold, maybe you don't need to worry about it. You would need to keep a track of what the value is, though, just in case you ever did sell it. Um, but yeah, so most people never fill out a tax return. But I've always worked more than one job um, since I finished. Uh, university like 15 years ago or whatever so i i had to fill in a tax return but i was tired and stupid and 22 years old or whatever and and so uh i cocked it up because i left it to the deadline because that's what i always do and so Flexible i had to pull, income for fy 20 
Yeah. I had to call them up and say, look, guys, I just need to recalculate this. It's going to take me a day. I'm really sorry. Um, I am going to pay it. And they were just like, I, I guess they probably looked at my details and they were like, he's a fucking 23-year-old idiot. Let's just give him like, like it's like he's not making shit, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like I, think it, I think that year I made less than minimum wage <laughs> because of reasons. Like, and, oh, okay, okay, son. Yeah, yeah. I I paid some. I paid. I, I you paid just come back when you scrape up pay. enough jelly babies to pay your bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit like that. The amount I had to pay was was small, but so anyway, yeah. Tax <laughs> tax returns and everything. Get that squared away today. If you're listening to this on catch up, then. um I feel bad for you. Fine town. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get, get on the, get on the blower. Have, um, have a, have a word with you, your man age. So end of January, you have to have it all figured out, huh? Yeah. For, for the preceding, for the preceding. So if your tax year ends, most people it ends in April and then you need to have it figured out and paid on the 31st of January, the following year. So the, Oh, so you're, you're talking the, Oh, you're talking April 22 to April 23. Yes. Yes. Do January twenty four, yeah. Oh fuck! What the hell? <laughs> what January twenty four? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have what? you have you have nine months to figure it out or whatever the hell that is. Yeah, I mean, get your shit together. Yeah, I mean, oh right. Really get like U.S. We get we get three months. Actually, three what? and a half months. But it's like sometimes it corporate, requires corporate quite returns a bit of work. Are, corporate returns are due on March fifteenth for the last year. So we have basically what is that one hundred five days, and then. And then personal returns are due 30 days after that. So you have 135 days. That's it. Or you do an extension. We, we get 10 and a half months. Yeah. See, Nelson knows what I'm talking about. There's a reasonable it, timelines. It Well, it, it, personally, it takes- always, extensions you can always do. You have to pay on the on April, but then you can you can file later. And then so you can you can file 10 and a half months later, you can do an extension, but you but the money is owed on April 15th for personal so taxes in the US. In Australia, though, I think um so our our end of fy is at the end of june right the sixth month and then um if you don't have an accountant you have to have it done by the end of august i think um or sometime in august but if you do have an accountant then you can have it done in 14th of may the following year what yeah (laughs) that's a bit weird just here is i have an accountant you know, time, whatever. Well, you know, accountants are busy. They can't just do everyone's fucking Do you have to the same thing where you have to pay on account? So we have the thing where you have to pay your bill and then you also pay the first payment of half of, you, you pay the first payment of half of your tax bill from the last tax year as a prepayment for the coming one. Jesus Christ, they really fucking strained their brain coming up with that, didn't they? So, what, so we, we have, we have to amount, pre- then so you, if have already paid it by the time it rolls around next year and you just get a refund it's a super weird system so here if so if it's an individual tax like if you don't have a company or whatever if it's just your own individual tax then if you have income outside of your regular um job so a regular job you get pay g tax right it's like what you were talking about before um the fray you just pay tax every every time you get paid. It it calculates and then pays the tax. It's never right, but it's you know approximately Close around on. about what you would expect yeah. to pay. Um, and then you, if if you have income outside of that, then you get away with it for the first year. But then you do your tax return and then you have to pay it right. So say if you buy a rental property or something and you're renting your property, you're getting some rental income that's not getting all completely chewed up by fucking 
interest, then say you get like another 10,000, 10, right? And then you do your tax turn. They say, okay, you've got this other 10,000. You owe us $3,000 of that in, as tax. You pay your fucking tax. And then the following year, they send you a little letter that says, okay, now every single quarter you have to give us $750 so that uh, we know that you've, we're, we're, that's what we estimate your tax is going to be for your rental property, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, at the end of the year, if it's yeah. different, you get a refund or you pay extra. So that's, yeah, that's similar to that. In business, um, you have to do a business activity statement every three months that says we we have earned this amount, this is how much GST we have to give back to the government or the government has to give back to us. And based on our profit and is loss- GST quarter, sa- Is GST sales tax? Yeah, yeah, VAT. So we report that every quarter, but all the rest of it, you just do once a year. Oh, okay. Well, we, we say we think we've made this much profit for the quarter, so we'll give you a little bit of- um, we don't have to declare any of that. We just say we've we've had like we we made like a pretty hard distinction between vatable income and non vatable income, um, and so and actually companies that co- there's a whole different thing. I don't really understand this. So there's a whole different thing where if you're a company that does activities that mean the majority of your income is like uh, stocks and shares or other assets or whatever, it's not really like trading activity you get filed away as a whole different other type of company um and then i think your reporting might be different but we're, we're like a consultancy structure so so our company tax rates are different if you're a company that earns money from passive investment or a company that earns money from active um business so if you just own a bunch of shares in a company your tax rates higher than if you were like you know shoveling dirt from the ground to a trailer i mean you'd hope so right yeah because there's you know those there's those guys just making their money off their shares you know that's that's money for nothing in your chicks for free right i mean at the end we've got to move all these tvs and microwave ovens you know what i mean at the very end of the day it doesn't make any difference really in that a company with a higher tax rate has less cap working capital um, because they're paying more tax. But when like companies, the whole point of a company is to make money so you can distribute, um, you know, profits to the shareholders, right? So when you distribute the profits to the shareholders in Australia, you, you distribute them with a thing that's called a franking credit. So basically all of the tax that the company's already paid accumulates franking credits and then when you distribute the profits to um, shareholders, they get distributed with a franking credit. So 100% franked is 30%. That means that if I give you a dollar, this I actually, like I actually give you a dollar 30. Oh, yeah. I, this sounds like a scab. I don't want to no, buy no, your NFT. No, it's, it's fair because- I don't want to buy your it, NFT project. I don't understand what the franking <laughs> NFT is. I, I'm, I'm not it's interested. To, it it's, to avoid, like it's to avoid double taxation, right? So if- um, if your company earns a bunch of money and pays a bunch of tax on its income and then it distributes the profits to you as the shareholder and then you have to pay 30 cents on the dollar tax again, then the government's getting fucking like 70 cents yeah, double tax. for every dollar the company earns. It's do- double taxation. So mm-hmm. what yeah. we do here yeah. is we give you a dollar and we give you a franking credit. So we actually give you 70 cents. What, what um, we do here is, and what we do here is you, the, you, the company pays the taxes and then the director taking a shareholder's dividend um, pays taxes, and 
that's it um and that's it but the so shareholder the, you... the dividend to shareholders is obviously not counted against profit either so um it's a dividend out of profit which i guess is probably the same everywhere um mm-hmm. and i'm sure then somewhere in that um they kind of cut off a slice for the upper classes and just hand it over to them to spend on horses or something hounds yeah just hounds <laughs> it's like it, it right it is one of the most insane things to me right that hounds <laughs> right so uh, so you guys might not know this but um hunting with dogs like organized you know <laughs> red tails and poshos riding around on horses ripping foxes to pieces was only banned like 10 years ago 15 years ago like really recently why would they ban it you're out there doing it yeah Um, why was it banned because it's insanely cruel to foxes and fox populations are quite small and we are a tiny island with an with an ecology that is completely out of whack Um, well then you can bring that practice over here because we got a shitload of foxes Okay, well, well, have a go with the pigs. Hey, hey, you know what, man? Like, you are welcome to our posh people. They can just go to Australia. They can fuck off to Australia and never come well, back. Well, I mean, they I still mean, have to—they still have to buy their hounds with British pounds. Like, we don't have yeah. fucking, you know. But anyway, the point was they were like, "No, we want to rip apart foxes with our dogs," and so they just went and fucking did illegal hunts. But still, all fucking dressed up in like their finery and all that bullshit. You're just like. <laughs> Will you it's guys just get? Will you guys just get a fucking better hobby, you absolute posh knobbers? I'm sure they'd just be be just as happy dressing up in all their poshery and like drinking tea out in the forest. Just fucking just just have an orgy or something. Who gives a shit about <laughs> horse fucking? Like, well, they do that is. too after the fox hunt. Oh, yeah, that's later. That's later. And they hang it's, the foxes just like, in a circle like, and then do an orgy. Look, what's wrong? What's wrong with cricket? Right, cricket. Also, in the countryside, in the sunshine, you drink a bunch of beers, you try not to get hit by the ball when you're at the point where you're too drunk and you you might just not be able to catch it and it'll just whack you in the head. And then ideally you want to avoid batting because it's kind of hassle. Great sport. Great sport on a summer day in the countryside. What's with all this fucking horse bullshit and fox bullshit and coats and tails bullshit? Just... Have, have an orgy like a regular fucking bunch of people, right? Like, yeah. Um, I, I, have friend, Island, I, I, I have a have friend that's orgy. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do, right? Uh, uh, I have a friend that's properly from the countryside, right? And one of the first things I found out about him after I met him, um, first of all, was that he thought that the scrumping was perfectly natural and normal thing that people just did. And I was like, okay, I've only ever heard about that from children's books. Um, what what dad, is that? At scrumping oh, it's when you go to an orchard and you take the apples so that you can make cider hard cider sorry scrumping. for the Americans. that's called scrumping scrumping yes i love how you throw that term out like we all know what the fuck that is very like, very very random. different very different from something like we're sailing which is where you go and ask for apples or alcohol in order to then go and serenade the orchard so that the next harvest will be good um, you know all these standard normal things. Oh Any, anyway, so he so he he just said something about scrumping, and I was like, I've never heard about that outside of a children's book. I don't think people actually did that. And he was like, Well, how do you how do you get your free cider? And I was like, 
Okay. Um, <laughs> it turned out his dad had been um, mayor of the local village in a, by losing, I think it was like losing, basically it's such a small hamlet that eventually everybody had to be mayor at some point. And the, the actual <laughs> like mayor, turn, is it? yeah, the actual mayoring involved being dunked in the village pond. Is this a, is this a Dow? <laughs> yeah, is this a Dow? That's what he said I heard is they put him under. <laughs> um yeah these are the kind of places where i'm just like i am a city slicker this is this does not compute i don't know what you're talking about i'm afraid what was the other term scrumping and what was the other term you used scrumping no what was the other one you said after that oh we're sailing what, what was that one we're sailing which is when you go sing to the orchard sing to the orchard or sing in the orchard uh, you sing to the orchard, but you can also, so it, I, sometimes when people say we're sailing, they mean going and singing to the orchard. And sometimes they mean, um, around the same time you would go and bring a hearty tune to, um, to other people. And then they would give you like a seasonal greeting, probably hot cider or something like that in exchange for the song. What? <laughs> Is this on a specific day or just like any day? Like, hey, it's June twenty fourth. Harvest. You go do this. It's like it's like I oh. think it's kind of like harvest sort of time. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, Fuck, so, so bear in mind, more like, shit after, to do over there. After the Black Death, there was a period where like the country was very very depopulated, and so in response to this, there were a lot of um, like minor holidays, high holidays, and a lot of folk traditions that kind of either kind of reemerged during that period or, or, or whatever mm-hmm. i guess people needed to like kind of have a lot of parties and drink yeah. a lot of cider to start right. repopulating the country right so they need we're, we're alive we're <laughs> alive that's that's as a famous one, one does. Tune, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> like fucking well, we made it out let's go sing to the trees and fucking right. drink or whatever i mean well i mean that's uh you know all, all that singing to the trees stuff is all um it's all the pre-christian funky business of the British yeah, Isles, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, King yeah. Arthur and um ah oh God, what's the fox called? You know, from the Disney uh, you know, Robin Hood. The Robin Hood. He's a fox in the Disney Robin Hood, isn't he? Um Ralph? No, Ralph? No, that's not Ralph. What's the Fox? You know Robin Hood. I do. I assume his name would be Robin. Yeah, but he's a fox. Well yeah, it's not Ralph. It's clearly Robin <laughs> um Robin Hood, but he's he's the green man, isn't Fred? he? That's 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 what Robin Hood is. My goodness. I learned so much in this episode. Yeah. Just all sorts of random yeah. facts. So like uh, one of the best facts about Robin Hood, right? Robin Hood is a really interesting character because there's, there's loads and loads of different bits that, of folklore that kind of get jammed into this one character over time. Like there was this uh, Anglo, I think it was Anglo-Saxon that like, I think as the Vikings tried to get rid of out of the Norfolk broads or maybe the mm-hmm. Plantagenets. And he basically just lived in a swamp. And um, every time they tried to like, you know, throw him out he'd just be like nah fuck off <laughs> and so uh just, he just he would just disappear into the into the swamp with his little band of um of bandits and they were like oh. he just keeps defying the king and calling him a dickhead i'm paraphrasing um but that's like i think that's one of the origin myths for for robin hood was basically the swamp guy that was just larry as fuck um, oh merry man <laughs> he's just like we'll see you later um uh, and then, of course, all the stuff about the you know the Britain the Britons fleeing to sort of Wales, where it's sort of green and and, and whatnot. I think they took a lot of that with them. And then there's all the weird, like it all crosses <laughs> over with the Druids and the Romans and like I don't know. You'd have to get some like historian of folklore to to really fully 
tie it all together but it's all super interesting um the, the most interesting thing about robin hood of course is that he was like a commoner that was the whole point he was a commoner in touch with the land via the the forest and as an avatar of right. the green man right um, and the green man is like this really powerful folkloric entity in kind of um pre-christian sort of folkloric traditions and also celtic christianity to some extent i, I believe anyway. saying that Sang to the trees type of dude, right? Yeah, just like kind of yeah, classic, yeah. you know, yeah. you go into the woods and you're the king, but you've been bad, a bad guy to the people and maybe mm-hmm. the trees, and then maybe the trees just don't let you leave the wood. You know, right. like, you have an orgy, you save the foxes, and you sing to the yeah, trees. Exactly, you know, right. it's it's your classic, you know, you, classic. you know the story. Um but but the, the myth was so story. the myth was so powerful that they it gradually changed over time where the upper classes appropriated it and made Robin Hood a minor noble in the retellings of the story. So he becomes Robert of Loxley, right? Where where he's this minor noble who's disenfranchised upon his return from the Crusades, right? Um, and it's and it's like a really interesting story of like how a, a folk a folk tale had such power that the upper classes were like we we, we can't have this like we're gonna have to just make him one of he will have to make him a, a minor aristocrat to like take the sting out of this because people are just a bit too excited about flipping off um, the power of the king or whatever so yeah I mean any, any story that tells somebody to fuck off is a good story with me hey I mean what is Slapshot about ex- other than folk heroes telling people to fuck off. It's true. It's a great story. It's true. It's a, it's a good fucking story. Any and news? you know what? That's kind of oh. what Butch Cassidy is about as well. So Paul Newman definitely All stories are about films. somebody telling somebody to fuck off. What are you talking about? Like every movie. Somebody's getting the bird. All right. Should we do a couple news pieces? Number one. Well, actually, we did do one. Actually, we should. Before you got here, we talked about Stride on DYDX and all that kind of that kind of shit. Let's, do you want to talk about? Let's. Um, so so we, we did talk about last week about Reese officially retiring from Juno. Um, and there's, so there's a Reese um, Williams, who's, I guess, dev lead, right? Was the dev- development lead? Is that the right? I don't know. The, I'm, Reese, I'm sorry if I'm yeah. featuring your title. I'm not sure what you're talking about. He resigned from Juno on January 9th uh, in a private, in private. So PR uh, pull request and finalization plans can be made. Um, V19, which I think just happened, right? It was this last week. Last, just last on testnet i think the prop has just gone up for main oh you're right you're right it's going up on you're right it's up on my board here on uh february 5th that will be the last one he said b19 my final upgrade and then <laughs> i think that was in response to friend of the show highlander who's been on the show before there's a great tweet which i'll we'll link in this it says thank you for all, all your hard work i think the idea was that that um there was some structure within juno community paying amount to to Reese, but he's, I think maybe Reese is going to work for Strange, Strange Love or something similar to that. So, so yeah, Reese has been working for Strange Love, yeah, for a period so, of time. Oh, okay. So it's been a while. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So <laughs> thank you for all your hard work on Juno, Reese. It's been a pleasure, but I certainly don't want the Juno Network community paying you 20K a month to go work for Strange Love. You're in or you're out, lad, one or the other. <laughs> I thought that was a really good tweet. It's Literally one second later, he's like, "Yeah, I quit last week." So. Yeah, I quit on January 9th. So that was that was on January 9th, and then Highlander posted that on January twenty first. But we'll put a link. I thought that was pretty funny. We did talk about like what's going to happen next um, within Juno and who's taking that over. Is there anybody who's been identified for that, or we don't know? I don't know. I mean, I'm is there out. a posting or anything? Everybody, everybody's out. All right, I ship, baby. I have literally no idea. Right. Um, when charter happened, I, I, uh, yeah. When the cores when the cores dissipated, that was the end of it, right? 
Yeah. So, well, I, so I never took, um, any kind of vesting to be part of core one. Like I just took it as a, to help the transition to the charter and to make sure that re in particular, really that Reese has some stability and to try and mm -hmm. maybe hire one or two more devs. So we, you know, we kind of got, um, Joel on during that period as well, yeah. which was pretty good. Um, and he did a good job. Um, but I, I you know, I just think that, like managing a dev team even asynchronously even with a small amount of time commitment is not nothing and uh so it's just one of those things that my commitment to it wasn't like i could only i could only do a very small amount right. um i wasn't being paid for it you know i hadn't been paid for, for that stuff in a very long time um and so i think the reality there was it was sort of part direct, but it was very self-directed on Reese's part. And then any additional stuff was kind of managed by his inclusion within the strange love team from a kind of pastoral perspective, I suppose. Um, and I know Jake um, also talked to him pretty regularly. So there was a bit of this and that and the other, but you know, my, my kind of main concerns were just trying to keep it a little bit stable and to be fucking honest, making sure we didn't pay notional a million dollars for notional stuff. Um, was like one of right. my biggest reasons why I joined uh, Core One when offered, and uh, just fucking died on that hill. To be honest, um, just to keep that shit in check, right? Just to make sure they didn't they didn't get that money because they didn't right. a million dollars for what? And and yeah, yeah, yeah imagine yeah. my surprise, it's all collapsed since then because of course it was going to. Um, so we didn't pay Notional a million dollars, which we shouldn't have done. In the, we shouldn't have agreed to in the first place, and we didn't pay them the money. So that's if I did one thing, mission that, accomplished. That, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you know the charter folks, you know, sort of, um, I you know I, I did some stuff with them as part of the early period of the charter, but um, I there's not really a not crass way of saying that I what I want to do work wise does not correspond with what they want to do number one and number two i don't really think juno can afford me um sure. uh, because uh, yeah i'm i have to charge them this if i was going to go back and work for totally now fair. rather yeah, than yeah. saying you know i've given free time for a long period um if i was going to go back and work for it now if i pulled out my rate card for what i do for corporate clients i don't think it's good it's more that it's not so much they couldn't afford it i don't think it's good value to the juno community right so so that's yeah. it. So so I I'm at, so I said you know I I didn't continue um, with that either. So I don't really know what's going on. But uh, honestly, that that I mean we talk about Juno a lot, but I don't think that issue is a technical. That chain is not in need of technical assistance. It's in need of direction, and it's needed. It's in need of leadership, in my perspective, in terms of where it fits in the market, what the plan is to work out of this, and what value it's going to bring long term, and what types of project is it going to acquire and try to court. And that, whether that's community-led, which is never going to happen because there's no agreement around that, or if there's somebody going to step in that aspect, just continually upgrading and building new capabilities is not going to create that, right? It's like there's plenty of vehicles for these situations out here in terms of what projects need. It's, this is more of, a, it's more of a business and financial need than it is a technology need. My two cents. Yeah. I mean, I think they had the time to strike while the iron is hot. I think the iron is now cold. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's, that's part of the challenge of web three is, well, maybe it's not different than web two, but like you get a lot of visibility for a very small attention span. And then once that is gone, it's really tough to bring that back. I think, and especially when you have a price drop from 40 bucks to 
35 cents. Like it's really hard to like say there's so many other opportunities like for, for execution level and for chains and for, you know, now we have roll apps and all this other type of stuff coming like, like where are we going with this or is it just miss its window? But anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just it. I mean, I, I kind of uh, spent a lot of time in startups, right. And, and I know you have as well. And uh, other folks, you know, in and around this podcast have too. Um, you know, some of the best founding teams that I've worked for, um, I mean, to be fair, almost all the startups I've worked for have actually, in the end, made an exit of some kind. But not mm-hmm. all exits are um, not all exits are made equal. Yeah. Um, and and I would say the the most successful, as far as I can tell from the outside, like some of the the maybe most good, like in terms of every every person was like a very S tier person, and they kind of were pointing in the same direction they're still beholden to market conditions, even in web two. Right. Um, yeah. you know, I, I worked, worked for a very good startup in the hospitality sector, like immediately before COVID. Uh, and, and that sector, you know, just died on SaaS overnight. Like it was there one day and it wasn't there the next, you know, so it doesn't matter how good your execution roadmap, um, leadership behaviors are in that situation. You have, that's it. You know, you, you, you're basically shuttering the staff and going into survival mode. Um, but but I guess you know you there is kind of a minimum bar, isn't there, of a functioning team, like yeah. a functioning functional team with a plan. Well, um, and and one thing that's different, I think, in Web three than than in traditional is it's very difficult for founders or those types of ex- or individuals to exit with equity before their success. So usually those are those individuals are the last to get paid. Meaning you might have you might have investors or you might have yes, employees yes. that might have action you know, have app options or you might have other situations where if there's no exit there's nothing that comes about of that. Typically in Web three, you have founders you have founders dumping or you have founders creating equity during the rise of the valuation, um, which is typically not the case. Like they need an exit to get paid, um, not yeah. just hey a- as we. And, you know, we and, have, and there might and not they, be they, they a second have payday either. There, and there might not be because because in a web in a, in a regular situation you might have a huge valuation, but then it then it goes to shit and you're left with nothing, even though well, you're paying. You, all these I mean, uh, you even see that with DApps, which is what we saw with launching a DApp on Juno. Like we were one of the first to get to market on Juno, which is good for us. We did make some money, but then there was no more money. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. And you know, we burnt through uh, you know a big portion of that. Um, doing the house stuff, which then never made any money. And you're just like, okay, well, um, you know, actually the reason I brought up taxes earlier was le- less about warning all of our British listeners to do their taxes and more that, um, you know, to say mayor culpa. And, and I know I've said this before that, you know, you guys were right on the AWS stuff, you know, there's a time and a place and probably this was not the place, but we had to have a, um, a debrief like with the finance people before they submitted it, you know, just go through like the final high level line by line and say, do these numbers look reasonable? Um, Is there nothing cheaper? Here's our rationale. (laughs) No. And and that was the conversation. You know, they sort of said, look, here's your incoming. Um, You know, you could have had a pretty stable, normal (laughs) year. Right. um, You know, for a business that's got, uh, that's got only one full-time employee and a few contractors. Um, but look, you know, this, some of these um, loss of <laughs> loss events um, that are caused by the essentially spending a huge amount on infrastructure, which probably could be done more cheaply 
uh, has turned what would have been maybe an okay year into a bad year. Like, and, and it was, you know, we, yeah, there are other ways of making that money basically that, that don't involve working seven days a week. And, and it was, it was really interesting actually. I think when you're in it, and especially when you're, we've talked about burnout and stuff like this in the past and decision-making when you're burnt out before, I think, you know, I went through a very long period of that mm-hmm. and it's, it's quite embarrassing is maybe a bit of a strong word, but when you have somebody who's outside your business, look at your numbers and then just look at your management decision-making for, for that one year period and say, look, you would have had an okay year. Instead, you had a bad year. And f- fundamentally from a financial perspective, you made bad decisions. That's just in black and white here. You know, you came out of it with more money at the end of the year than than you had at the beginning of the year, but not much. And Is it to dumb? be honest, you were not making you were not making hay while there was any sunlight. You know, no matter what market conditions were like. And and I think it was like it was a real. I I don't know. I've been thinking about it. I, you know, this is only obviously for the last few days these conversations, but I, it it's very interesting to just have somebody out and out say to your face, "You had a bad year." And you're like, but I work seven days a week. How could I have had a bad year? If, if trying to relate it back, would it be something like work smart? <laughs> so something like that. Is that kind of that is yeah yeah. That's, but but it's it's exactly the thing. You know, that's, you, that's you, you've talked about it before, right? And yeah, yeah. I just talked about it before just, about trying to work smarter, just and walking into rakes. For a whole year. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we've also talked about this in the context of marketing or going to conferences. You know, it's also in what we do here, it's very, very hard to work out any kind of perspective, any kind of model for perspective return and where you should put additional energy to grow the business. And, and I think that's how you can end up working seven days a week. And then 18 months later, have somebody who's kind of tangentially involved in your business say, well, you had a bad year. And yeah. You're like, you're like, but I worked really hard. <laughs> yeah. Or I feel like I did. Well, I mean, um, we've always said this is, this business can be a little bit casino-ish where you put, you put a lot of bets and you put a lot of, and your bets are both effort and time and resource, right? Um, whether that resource be liquid, like cash or your time or your team's time or something else, right? Um, and some of those pay off and some of those don't, and there's only so many bets you can place. Right. And so, um, and some of that, some of those bets are within your control. And some, and I would think in this case, there's a lot of things that are outside of your control and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Right. And I think the, the value of being, uh, you know, being the figments or whatever else at that point is they place so many fucking bets, um, that, the app that you need to have less wins I and mean, your percentage can be, we can have the same percentage, but from their, their perspective, they're going to have, since they're placing more bets, that percentage is higher. And so therefore you're going to have a, a higher return. And so when you're a small validator, I think, or a small node operator, and you, you know, you're, you're trying to focus on where you're going to spend your time. Like I know me, like we, I know where I spend my time um, on what change we, we do. And usually that's not even based off of, honestly, that's not even not based off of market. It's not usually based off of, technology it's usually based off the team like do i like the people and can i work with the people on the other end of this and do i believe that they are not full of shit um that's usually where it is and that and honestly to get to that point takes a long fucking time like it's not something like you figure out in a week like it takes months right 
before you realize like this scene is not the fuck they're doing right and, and even like first yeah well I, even even like first even like first first um um perceptions are usually wrong too because you're like either some teams you're like well, this team has their shit together and then you look at them like two months later you're like what the fuck is this or other ones you're like these guys don't know what the hell they're doing and you come back and then like and you know then they're totally a well-oiled machine and and so it's a tough business man like it's it's tough to build repeatability in here well i mean that yeah but they might know what they're doing in some respects and then other things that it's like what the fuck like correct you know i don't mean technically i mean like how do you how do you build a product right like how do you build something that really works well say at their launch had a great technical team like their Mm -hmm. their guys that were building the chain were great right and good to work with and then but you know like the launch obviously was terrible and you know they didn't didn't have the either the right people or enough of the right people or you know the right mix of people to sort of make it a overwhelming success but i mean that's not uncommon either there's so many launches that just don't go great yeah and a lot of that's because they just hype the shit out of before they they do something as well or or it could be like overwhelming or whatever or some tokenomics thing that they don't realize or like something that they don't realize how large of a deal it is and it turns into this massive, you know, like, or something, right? Well, like DYD. That RPC notes, right? Like shit like that. They didn't realize that it might be a problem that one of the validators had over 33.4% of voting power. Yeah, right. Or or it might have been a problem that they didn't realize that just some whale might go, well, fuck it, I'm not parting with 5%. And yeah, exactly. Put up a validator and just be a own the network all of a sudden right at a hundred percent right yeah 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 Yeah. so i yeah i but i mean i mean and fuck accountants and their viewpoints on your business too like it's not they they weren't they weren't being like rude about it they were just they were they were just sort of looking at the raw numbers and what was funny is that they thought i knew right about knew what well they thought i knew that i'd had a bad year so they were (laughs) like bad year and you're like what well, no, so this is it. no, 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 this, this was it. Like, they, like they only a, said that. that it was like a Rolls Royce product parked out front. You got a crown on your head. You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was like, very Homer Simpson because they, they basically, <laughs> they open with saying that because they were like, but look at all the positives, you know, that we got a couple, we got a, a, you got a nice new desk on your asset sheet. Uh, <laughs> a nice new desk. Uh, <laughs> the phrase slides the uh, Lamborghini color selection book under the bed. <laughs> yeah. of this <laughs> so so they were basically being like in spite of it being a bad year like there's a lot of reasons to think that you know the company's in a solid place and we know that you know the the year after that is a bit more solid the year that we're currently going through because you've made some changes you've reduced your costs you know so in a lot of ways we need to think of this as an adjustment year and i was just like wait wait wait, back up a second. bad year bad year and they're like well but it's all on the balance sheet i'm just like i'm like looking through it like an idiot being like Yes, yes, I see the pro. Like, it was very yes. Homer Simpson. I was like, mm, yes, Poindexter's. Mm-hmm. I see the pro. No, no, no. no they, they, so, but yeah, I, I, it, it took me a second to be like, oh, no, this has actually not been our finest hour. <laughs> you know, um, Def, name the fray, the top row here, the top shelf. Are the, we both lost money last year. I think the bottom shelf here is they've made profits. So I, I feel your pain, but I knew I was losing money the entire time. <laughs> yeah i mean the surprising the surprising thing is obviously that although the first few months of aptos the token price was low the cost of running was pretty high and we also had incurred all the costs of the, the test nets before it launched and everything um 
again, like you, it's so easy to spend. I know this. Okay. Should the fray even be in business with what he's about to say? It's very easy to spend money. And sometimes it's quite hard to keep a track on what every budget line was expended against until you get right to the end to literally the report I was given three days ago and go, huh, that was the cost of actually running all that, acquiring that client, getting on that network, getting on mainnet, running it for the first five months. I think that, I think that's a, that's tough too. Cause I, I, I try not to, I try not to budget or, or be able to identify profitability at a chain level. I try, I really try not to. Um, it's more like, of a group I know, level, right? like, more of a group level or like I have groups of like, like either validator operations or like, you know, RPC or other types of things. Right. Like I know what those are at a high level, uh, but I try to do it at chain level because then it becomes really, it becomes really difficult to then to, I mean, it's good. To, I guess it's good. I guess it'd be good to look at it and say, this is worthwhile or not worthwhile. I'm spending this much on this for this long. And is, is that return going to be there? Which I have, you know, I have in my head, but um, it's tough to look at and, and be able to be, really really that level of deal because also like a lot of times you run nodes for for multiple different chains at once so it's difficult to break that out but i mean uh, and, and honestly the hardware side is really not a big of a deal it'd just be i know you have some people costs too which which is different like people costs is really where that gets really expensive we definitely don't break down like costs to buy network or even by um division like you know our rpc services division is same thing as the validators yeah. division it the income from both are broken into separate um same. lines but all the costs are the same yeah. yeah they're all cogs right like so they're all cost of goods they're so, all cost of goods yeah it's like yeah. Fucking- so that and it's tough to break that out but I, I i assume i could it's just it's really like a lack of i mean do i know that the contract is covering those costs and i have an understanding of that margin i think the answer to that is yes and then in the grand we- scheme of things do i really need to care we have different types of cost of goods broken down. So like Colo is separate to, um, you know, cloud is separate to, you know, uh, routing and, um, and DNS and that type of stuff. We sort of break those down. And then you've got all of your like business expenses like Zero and um, Google mm-hmm. and fucking, I don't know, Discord or whatever the fuck else we pay for. There's like so many of those things. They, they just get all chucked in a subscriptions line. Um you know, but we break that stuff down to get a better idea of where our money's going. But in terms of like actually trying to figure out what to attribute that to, we don't bother. <laughs> I don't know if that would be a good. I don't know if that'd be a good exercise or just make me sad. 